Shalom and welcome to Amla Vadad Yishkon number 16. We're continuing today with the story of Bil'am. And when we left off last week, Bil'am, after several attempts to try to manipulate the situation and carry out his own plan instead of God's plan, uh, and after ignoring a number of messages and hints that were sent to him via the donkey and via the, the malach, the angel, finally, uh, when realizing the threat to his own life, declared his willingness to turn around and abandon his mission and was told that it was too late. Maybe we'll pick up from exactly where we left, last, left off last week, Bamidbar, Perek Chafbet, Chapter 22, Pasuk 34, Lamed Dalid. The Torah tells us, Fayomer Bilam Malach Hashem Chatati. Bilam said, I have sinned. Kiloya Dati Kiatani Tzavlekrati Badarech. He tells the Malach, the angel, I didn't realize you were there. Vata Im Necha Ashuvali. If now you're telling me that it's you, you don't approve of what I'm doing, I will go back. Fayomer Malach Hashem Bilam. No, 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 no. Now it's too late. Leichim Anashim. You have to go with these people, with the with the messengers, with the um with the officers of Moab, uh, but just realize that you're only going to be able to say that which I tell you, or you're only allowed to say that which I tell you. So in a minute we'll see to what extent Bilam's tshuva, whether his repentance was genuine, whether he now accepts that his role is only to do what God tells him, or whether he still thinks that he can uh, kind of manipulate the situation. In any case, it says, Vayelech Bilamim Sare Balak. Bilam went with them. Vayishma Balak Kiva Bilam. Balak heard that Bilam was coming, and you may, may remember from last week that Balak had promised to give Bilam a lot of great honor because he believed that his initial uh, reticence to come was a result of a lack of sufficient honor. So he wasn't going to make that mistake twice. He goes out to the very border of the country to greet Bilam. And when I read this Pasuk, I'm, I see an image of perhaps Ben-Gurion Airport and a very important international visitor has just landed and the Prime Minister himself comes to the airport uh, you know, to greet the visitor as he steps off of his plane. Uh, sometimes they'll send the foreign minister, sometimes a lower level dignitary. If the prime minister, when the president of the United States comes, for example, uh, it's the prime minister himself who's standing there on the tarmac to welcome him. And that's, that's what Balak did. The king of Moab himself goes out to the border, uh, in order to, uh, to welcome, uh, Bilam. Vayomer Balak ya Bilam. Hello, shaloach shalachti elecha likrolach. Lama lo alachte lai. Ha'umnam lo uchal kabdecha. And immediately, Balak, although he gives Bilam this great honor, he also immediately comes with a bit of a complaint and he says, why, why did you not come the first time? Do you think that I'm not going to be able to show you proper honor? Here, look, look at this welcome, welcoming party that we've started for you. Look how your visit is beginning. He responds in a manner that once again seems very, very pious. Bilam responds and says, Hinevati elecha ata. He says, I want you to understand that I can't do anything on my own. I'm only here to do whatever it is that God tells me to do. And then it tells us that Bilam went with Balak, and Balak made a whole welcoming, a feast for him, Tzonu Vakar. And, um, and then we're told in Pasuk Memalaf, Ahiba Bokir, they went to a place called Bamot Baal, 
Now, I'll just point out, I'm not going to go into this uh, for now, but I will just give a mar'em makom. Uh, those who are hearing this and are interested, uh, there's a number of place names. Uh, the first we just came to, Bamot Ba'al. Later on, we'll see State Sofim and a few other names of places that Balak took to various, various locations, uh, seemingly in the desert around the area where Am Yisrael is camped. I don't have any uh, particular explanation that I'm going to give here for those names, but Rabbi Shimshon Rafael Hirsch, in his commentary on the Book of Bamidbar, has a very interesting analysis um, of the significance, perhaps, of the names of the places that are mentioned. And if you're interested, I, I refer you to look there. For now, we will just look at them as names of places without uh, paying any particular significance to them. But in any case, they... they we're going to see that they go to several different locations. And the first place is called Bamot Baal, and it says, Vayar Misham Kitsei Ha'am. There's a machloket. There's a dispute among the commentaries exactly how to view that. I'd like to read it as he saw the entire camp of Bnei Israel all the way to the other side. Kitsei Ha'am meaning to the other side. It was some kind of vantage point, some kind of very high hilltop where the height and the angle was such that he was able to, in, from one what we call a tatspit, a place where he was able to stand on a high mountain and see a, a very, very large area below. And he was able to see the entirety of the camp of Bnei Israel in the valley below. And that's assumedly significant because we understand already that Balak is viewing Bilam as some kind of kosem, some kind of magician, someone with ma- magical powers. And he's going to use some kind of evil eye or, or some kind of spell-casting equipment in order to cast some sort of magical spell uh, and, and curse Am Yisrael. And therefore, perhaps it was deemed necessary to be in a place where he's able to see all of them. So he takes them to this place, Bamot Baal, and it says to him, basically, do your stuff. This is why I brought you here. I want you to curse them for me so that we can defeat them. And Bilam uh, goes ahead and gives Balak instructions. Vayomer Bilam el Balak, b'nei vazeh shiv'a mizbechot, Build seven mizbachot, seven altars, and prepare seven parim, seven bulls, and seven elim, seven rams. They're going to bring 14 korbanot, and there seems to be here already we're getting the sense of some kind of magical formula. Uh, again, one gets the sense that Bilam hasn't yet given up on his idea that in the end of the day, somehow he's going to be able to work this out. Hashem has already told him very clearly, that he's not allowed, first he was told he's not allowed to go, then he told him, if you really want to go, you can go, but you're not going to be allowed to curse them, you're not going to be able to curse them, ki varuchu, these people have been blessed, and you cannot possibly, you cannot possibly do otherwise, um, and then there was the whole incident with the donkey, and here Bilam is still offering all kinds of, maybe he's just trying to save face, or maybe he really believes that somehow he's going to be able to find the right formula it's going to be able to get him, the Kosein, the magician, the manipulator, to get the cosmic forces, to get Hashem, to, um, to do what he wants. So, Vaya'az Balak, Perek Chavgimu Pasuk Bet, Vaya'az Balak, Asher Diber Bil'am, Vaya'al Balak Uvilam Par Va'ayel Bamizbeach, they built the seven Mizbachot, and on each Mizbeach, they offered a par and an ayel, Vayomer Bil'am Le Balak, Hit Yat Seiv Al Ola Techa, you stand here with the korbanot ve'elcha ula yikare Hashem likrati udvar ma'yereni va'yigad tilach va'yelech shefi. 
He says, you stand here with the Korbanot. I'm going to go and see if I can figure out, maybe Hashem will say something to me and I'll tell you what it is. And in fact, Vayikar Elohim El Bil'am. Hashem appears to Bilam, and Bilam immediately responds, Bilam says, look what I've done, I've made these seven Mizbachot, and we've offered you all these Korbanot, as if to sort of butter him up, as they say, with the attempt to hope that, that maybe Hashem will do what he wants. And we're told immediately that it doesn't work at all. Pasuk Hei says, Vayasem Hashem Davar Bifi Bilam, Hashem put something in his mouth. Hashem put the words in his mouth and he said, this is what you're going to say. Bilam has no choice. Bilam has become a puppet who's going to simply go, a robot, who's simply going to go and against his will, he's going to say whatever words were placed in his mouth. And he sent back to Balak, He returns to the Mizbachot. And there, Balak and all of the officers, the entire Moabite government is standing there in desperate hope as the, as the animals are being burnt on the altars. And Bilam now utters the first of his, of his utterances, what we may call brachot, what we may call nivuot. And we're going to see that Bilam speaks three times and then a fourth and then a fifth. And each one of these has a similar style. They're very poetic uh, almost everything Bilam says is said in the form of tikbolet. Everything is poetically repeated. And, uh, and also we'll see that they get more lengthy and more elaborate as time goes on. And as I've said a number of times in this series, I think we should pay careful attention to each of these utterances. Uh, because Bilam, even though he was one of our greatest enemies, I think that his, it was Dafkehi who was chosen to uh, report some very, very remarkable and very, very significant insights into who we are, what Am Yisrael is, and right now we're going to see. So this is the first. And it begins actually with the Pasuk for which this entire, uh, entire course is named. This is what he said. Balak has called me from far, from Aram, from the mountains of the east, telling me that he wants me to curse Yaakov and Yisrael. But ma ekov lo kaboel, uma is om lo za'am Hashem. What can I curse that Hashem has not cursed? It's impossible. Kime rosh tzurim erenu, umigvaot ashurenu, Hen am levadad yishkon uvagoyim lo yitchashav. Merosh tsurim migvaot. From here on that, this high point on top of the mountain, I can see him. I can see him physically, and perhaps I can see prophetically into his future. Hen am levadad yishkon uvagoyim lo yitchashav. This nation will always dwell in solitude. They will never be counted among the nations. They will always be different. Different principles and properties and rules of history will apply to them. Who could count the number of people that are going to come out of this nation? He gives them a bracha. They're going to be so numerous that they're like the dust. Afar. And so much that they cannot be counted. And I have only one wish. Tamot nafshi mot yisharim. 
Let let me die the death of the righteous, but only let me be like him when I die. So this is the bracha, the first bracha of Bilam, and Balak was astounded. This is not what he asked for. He did all this and promised all this money and all this honor for Bilam to come and to curse Bnei Israel. What did you just do? Maybe you got the order mixed up. I ordered a curse, not a bracha. I asked you to curse them, not to bless them. What did you do? Bilam responded. Again, at this point, he has nothing to say. Perhaps surprised himself by the words that just came out of his mouth. He has nothing to say but to once again adopt the pious stance. Halo et asher yasim Hashem b'fi al toeshmor I will only say that which God places in my mouth. Balak, however, is not convinced. He wants to try again. Fayomer elav Balak, Balak, lechna iti al makom acher asher tirenu misham efes katsehu tireh bekulo lo tireh Balak said, I have another idea. I took you to this place because you were able to see the entirety of the nation. I thought that would be good because you'd be able to curse them all. But on the other hand, maybe their power is so overwhelming that when you can see all of them, it affects you. So let's go to a different place where you'll only be able to see Katsehu. You'll be able to see the edge of the people, the edge of the camp, but not all of them. And maybe from there, your curse will be successful. You see that Balak is still 100% thinking in the, uh, in the mindset of, of a pagan and of a ma- someone who's working with a magician. Uh, this spell doesn't work from here. We're going to try it from another place. He hasn't internalized the fundamental message that this whole exercise is doomed to failure. It's impossible to curse Am Yisrael, not only because magicians have no power, but because Am Yisrael has been blessed by Hashem, and therefore nothing that anyone does can change that. Balak has not internalized this, and it seems that neither has Bilam. Pasuk Yudalot says, Vayikachehu Sdei Tzofim. He takes him to the place called Sdei Tzofim El Rosh HaPisgah. Onto the top of the hill. Again, the place where he could say where he could see Katsehu, but not Kulo. Vayiven Shiva Mizbachot Vayal Par Vayal Bamizbeach. And they go through the whole thing again. Another seven Mizbachot, another seven Parim, another seven Elim. And Bilam again says to Balak, you stand here with the Korbanot, and I will go and try to get a message from Hashem. Again, Hashem appears to Bilam and again puts something in his mouth, puts words in his mouth. Again, it's Vayasem Davar Befiv. And this is what he says. And now Bilam is going to give the second of the three statements. Listen to me, Balak. Stand up and hear me, O son of Tzipor. Lo ish el vi who 
Hashem is not like a person. People lie. People change their mind. But lo ishkel. God is not a person. He doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. If he says something, he's going to fulfill it. Hinei vareich lakachti uvereich velo ashivena. Hinei vareich lakachti. Vareich like livareich. I have received. I have received a command to bless them. Uvereich and he. He, capital H, God has blessed them already. How can I take it back? Hashem has already blessed them. Hashem has commanded me to bless them. Hashem doesn't change his mind. And he doesn't lie. If he says they're blessed, they're blessed. There's nothing that can be done about it. He doesn't see anything wrong with Yaakov. He doesn't see any sins among Israel, and that can be interpreted perhaps to mean that there are no sins, and maybe that's the way, we'll see later, maybe that's the way Bilam interpreted it, but it also could mean something else. It doesn't say there are no sins. It says, Lohibit. Hashem doesn't look at those sins. And He doesn't see them. Not necessarily because they're not there. And why? Why would Hashem give such preferential treatment? The end of the Pasuk perhaps explains why. Hashem elokav imo and that pasuk may contain the secret, the secret of Am Yisrael's existence, perhaps more than anything else. Why is it, after all, that Am Yisrael has been able to survive against all the odds? Why is it that no matter what anyone has tried to do to us, it never seems to work? Somehow, no matter what methods they try, Am Yisrael always manages to survive and to succeed and to thrive, and even when you knock them down, they manage to survive and pick themselves up again. And even when they sin, and even when they do terrible things, they can be punished very, very harshly, but can never be wiped out. Why is all that? So I think this Pasuk tells us the answer. Again, Hashem looks at us, but He doesn't see. He doesn't see at least the full extent of our sins and our failures. He doesn't see it because he doesn't look at it. And why not? Hashem elokav imo. Hashem is with us. Why? Because utruat melech bo. Truat melech. The, the trumpet blast that announces the approaching of the king. The coronation of the king. Truat melech is Bo, is in him, is in Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael, by their very existence, testifies to the fact that the Ribono Shel Olam is Melech HaOlam. Am Yisrael was created for that purpose from the day when Avraham Avinu was chosen and given the command, Lech Lecha. From that moment, he and his descendants became inextricably connected with a message. Whether they like it or not, whether they try to or not, Am Yisrael represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Am Yisrael represents God in history. Truat Melech Bo. In Him, in Am Yisrael, is the announcement of the arrival of the King. And therefore, they can't be wiped out. They cannot be destroyed because their mission is just too important. As we saw, we saw the Tochacha, we saw that, in fact, they can be punished very, very severely. That can happen. We saw that 
they can be held accountable for their actions. We saw all of that. But they can never be destroyed because Hashem Elokav Imao, because God is with them. And that's why Bereich Velo Ashivenu. And that's why uh, the Bracha cannot be taken back. And Hashem Elokav Imao, why is God with them? Because Truat Melech Bo. Because they represent Him. And therefore, Bilam says to Balak, again, with words that were put in his mouth, Vayasem Davar Befiv. He says to Balak, in Pasuk Chavet, El Motziom, Motziam Mimitzrayim, Keto Afot Reimlo. Hashem took them out of Mitzrayim with great glory. Kilo Nachash Biyakov, Vilo Kesem Biyisrael. Whatever powers I may have, my Ksamim, my magic, or Nachash, my ability to divine, to figure out all the various things that I'm able to figure out about how the cosmos operate, and usually I'm able perhaps, or I believe I'm able, one or the other, to figure out what's the right moment and where's the point of weakness and to manipulate the spiritual forces against somebody, but it doesn't work here. He's immune to everything I have to offer. At this very moment, They have a direct line. They know exactly what Hashem is doing. Everything revolves around them. Nothing that we can do could possibly affect them. That's the message that Balak received from Bilam after the second attempt at a curse. It's futile. It's, it's completely, completely hopeless. Hashem elokav imau tshuach melech bo. Lo nachash piyakov lo kesem biyisrael. Hinei vareich lakachti uvareich velo ashivenu. Give it up, Balak. It's not going to work. Balak now got more upset. Vayomer Balak el Bilam, Gam kov lo tikavenu, Gam parech lo tivarachenu. Okay, if you're not going to curse them, don't curse them, at least don't bless them. I brought you here to curse them. If you can't do it, you can't do it, but don't give them these brachot, you're just making the situation worse. And again, Bilam, in wrapped in piety, responds, Vayan Bilam, Vayomer el Balak, Halo dibarti elech leimor, Bilam says to Balak, didn't I tell you that I'm only going to do that which Hashem tells me to do? Balak still doesn't give up. He says, let's try one more time. Let me take you to yet a third place. Let me take you to a third place and we'll try one more time. So now we're in Pasuk Kafchet. Vaikach Balak, at the very end of Perak Chav Gimel, Vaikach Balak et Bil'am, Rosh HaPeor, Hanishkaf Alpnei HaYeshimon. He takes him to a third place, Rosh HaPeor. And although we're not getting into the names of the places, we find out later that Peor was a certain type of Avodah Zarah, a certain type of idol that was worshipped in Moab. And he takes him to this place at the top of the Mount Peor, perhaps, that looks down on something called the Yeshimon. Vayomer Bilam Balak, and again, Bilam goes ahead with the same methodology, as if he too still hasn't learned the lesson. And he says again, Benedi Bazesh Shiva Mizbachot, Vacheni Bazesh Shiva Parim Shiva Elim, Vayas Balak Asher Amar Bilam, Vayal Par Ba'ayel Bamizbeach. Once again, seven Mizbachot, seven Parim, seven Elim. Again, they're bringing the, the Olot, the Korbanot. 
And then suddenly, and the, the Christian authority who, who uh, created the chapter names or chapter divisions in the Tanakh must have been very, very uh, moved by this dramatic statement because it's right here that Perik Havdalad begins, even though in our Tanakh there's no break here at all. Suddenly something dramatic happens. Vayar bilam kitov be'inei Hashem levarechet Yisrael v'lo halach kipam befam likrat nechashim vayashet el hamidbar panav. Suddenly, Bilam recognizes the truth. Vayar Bilam kitov be'inei Hashem levarechet Yisrael. He suddenly realizes that Hashem wants Am Yisrael blessed, and for once, and here we see explicitly that until now he's still been trying to use his magic. Here it says, nechashim. He threw away the magical tools, Vayasem, Panav, Vayar. He opened his eyes and he saw, perhaps for the first time, he opened his eyes with willingness to see the truth, perhaps for the first time. Vayaret Yisrael shochein lishvatav. He saw them dwelling according to their various tribes. Vatehi alav ruach elokim. At least for one brief moment, it's not vayasem Hashem davar befi. It's not God putting words in His mouth. At least for one brief moment, Bilam speaks of His own accord, and he utters. Words that he willingly utters and that come from the Ruach Elokim. He utters words that are actually prophecy. And he describes himself now in this way. Neum, as many of the prophets later said, Neum. Neum Hashem. He calls himself, he says, Neum Bilam Beno Veor, Neum Hagever Shetuma Ayin. Neum Shomea Imreel. He calls himself Hagever Shetuma Ayin. And Shomea Imrekel, the one who can see, the one who can hear the voices of God, or the, or the speech of God, Asher Machazeh Shaddai who is able to see holy visions or vi- divine visions, visions of godliness, Nofel Ugluyenayim, whose eyes have been opened. This is what that man now says. Matovu Ohalecha Yaakov Mishkenotecha Yisrael. In fact, your tents and your dwelling places are good and they are beautiful. Kinechalim nitayu, kiganot alei nahar, ka'ahalim nata Hashem, ka'arazim alei ma'im, yizalmaim idalyo v'zaro b'mayim rabim, v'yarom me'agag malko, v'tinasei malchuto. We have here a full range of imagery which is full of images of water and plants and organic growth, this image of constant rejuvenation. And he sees this vision that Am Yisrael has a certain vitality, a certain inner strength, a certain inner renewal, and we'll talk more about that next week, a certain inner renewal that um, that makes him eternal. And therefore he, he also speaks here about the enemy Agag, the, the, the head of Amalek, the chief the chief enemy, and he says that Am Yisrael is going to uh, outlast and op- ultimately overpower him. And now he repeats something he said earlier, El Motziomi Mitzrayim, again, he's repeating it this time out of his own volition, Kito'afot Re'emlo, 
It was taken out of Mitzrayim with great glory. Yochal goyim tsarav ve'atzmotehem yigareim ve'chitzav yimchatz. He's going to completely destroy all these nations. Kara shachav ka'ariu chilavimi yikimenu. He crouches like a lion. And no one can stop him. And he ends his speech, Bilam, with those crucially important words. Mivarachecha baruch ve'orerecha arur. And those who listened to the podcast two weeks ago will understand immediately the significance of that statement. We said back then that once upon a time Hashem had used those words to Avram Avinu when he said to him, When he promised Avram that I will curse those who curse you and bless those who bless you. Balak had said about Bilam, you are. I know, which maybe we should translate as I think, that you, Bilam, control who's blessed and who's cursed. Hashem said, I'm Yisrael, is, uh, that he determines and that, and that people's relationship with Am Yisrael determine if they're blessed or cursed. Now Bilam admits the truth. Those who bless you indeed will be blessed. Those who curse you indeed will be cursed. Balak is not happy. Vayicharaf Balak el Bilam. Vayispoket kapav. He gets angry. He bangs his hands down in anger. Vayomer Balak el Bilam. Lakovoy vaylekraticha. Vinei berachta varech zesh shalosh peamim. I asked you to curse my enemies and you've now blessed them three times. Veata. Run away! Be gone! Indeed, I promise to honor you. But God has prevented you from receiving any honor. So get out of here. And where he, whereas he had greeted him with this royal entourage at the border, he kicks him out away and says, Be gone. That seems to be the end of the story. But indeed it is not. And next week, Be'ezrat Hashem, we will bring the story of Bilam to its conclusion by reading some parts of the end of Parshat Balak and the beginning of Parshat Pinchas and looking at a few things a little bit later on and understanding how all of this uh, comes together and what the ultimate message of this is. Until then, I wish you a good week and Shalom.